Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, guys. Grab a seat. Be seated in Christ. Wow. I'm look who's looking forward to the Arise Conference? I certainly am. Wow. Say wow. Wow. That was a big wow. That was more than praising the Lord when, I said, when Aaron said to praise the Lord earlier. Mate, good practice, isn't it? Look at Daniel and Sarah's little baby. I say, oh, oh, that was beautiful, eh? What a blessing from God, eh? Praise the Lord. Do you know what the Bible says? It says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Wow. Say wow. That's right, you're with me. Good. An atheist complained to a Christian friend, you Christians have special holidays such as Christmas and Easter. Jews celebrate their national holidays such as Passover and Yom Kippur. But we atheists have, have no recognized national holidays. It's unfair discrimination. His friend replied, why don't you celebrate April the 1st? <laughs> Praise God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. But praise God, we know our God. Those that know that their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Yes, that's a good word right there. Praise God. We're starting our honor series today, and that's really exciting because honor is so important. So important. We're not just talking about when we come back from coffee break. <laughs> honoring Aaron when he says, come on down over here. We're about to start the, the word or the church news. That's where, <laughs> that's where we need. <laughs> there we go. Come on down. Okay. But honor, honor. Honor is rare today. It's almost uh, an, an existent, uh, ex extinct, non-existent. There we go, tongue twister. Extinct uh, virtue today. But we see, still see it in movies and on TV and uh, in, in a movie that uh, inspires tears. And uh, when we see courage and sacrifice witnessed, um, we still see honor and it does something to our hearts, doesn't it? And we, we love to watch a good movie like that and just see honor. And uh, it's a good thing. But where, where does honor start? That's our theme for today. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the honor key, because we believe that honor unlocks the treasures of God for us. And that's why we're excited about honor. Sometimes those who deserve honor are overlooked uh, by those that are closest to them. Was it the Lord that said, uh, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country? When he's in his own town and among his own friends, well, then he's not honored. Those closest to a person may be the last to give them honor, like children to their parents or parents to the children. It's important it works both ways. Oh, I know we always quote to the children, honor your father and mother that it might be well with you and that you might live long on the earth. We always do that, don't we? But what about the parents honoring the children? Children, when you see Daniel and Sarah's child there, is a gift from God. Who designed this amazing new child? You read Psalm 139, you'll find out about it all. He knew us even when we were formed in our mother's womb. He knows our substance. He knows our down-sitting and our uprising. He knows everything about us. That's our God. So where does honor start? I looked up the word honor, and it means distinction and privilege and glory and tribute and kudos. Honor. 
honor. Where does it start? Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26 and verse 27. There you go. Praise God. Then God said, let us make man. Have you all got that? I guess you've all got it. You're all looking at it. Praise God. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created, he created him, male and female, he created them, man, male and female. There's four things I want to take from this verse today. Four little phrases. The first is, let us make man. The second is, in our image. The third is, in our likeness. The fourth is, let them rule over. Let them rule. So the first one, let us make man. Here, honor starts in the Godhead. When God communed, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together communed with each other. And they said, let us make man. We see divine consultation. You see, when God, when God made the, all, all the rest and, and, and the ground and the herbs and all that, he, he spoke to the ground, or if he made the fish, he spoke to the sea, and he said, let the earth bring forth and let the sea bring forth. And you don't read there was divine consultation. But here we see the Godhead bringing in something that is amazing. Something new. He's not just speaking to the ground. He spoke to whatever he was going to bring it forth from. But then he came to make you and I make man, and he spoke to himself in the Godhead, and he consulted with himself. He said, let us make man. That's exciting. I don't know about you, but I find that exciting. Let us make man. We came forth from our Father. Praise God. So that our creation was preceded by a discussion with Almighty God, with our Father. I want to tell you this morning, there are no insignificant humans on this earth. Whether you're a, a president or a pauper, a baby or a pensioner, rich or poor, beautiful or ugly, there's no such thing as ugly anyway. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and the beholder is our God. <laughs> intelligent or not, everyone's intelligent, because we're made in the... Where did that come from? Ruth, did you put that in my message? <laughs> None of us are insignificant. The fact that God discussed our creation gives significance and dignity to every human being. That's you where you sit in your seat. You are so important to our God. You are, have come forth from a divine conversation or a consult consultation with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the Godhead. Honor starts there, the Godhead honoring one another there. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, honor starts there, and we receive that. I was on, Ruth and I were on the way to Auckland this week, and um, unfortunately, there was a bad accident, so we had to divert and uh, go on a detour when we got down to Walkworth, and we went way into the mountains with a nice orange Holden. Who knows that a Holden is the best car you could buy? Praise God. Who knows that we can't afford to have Fords on the road? No, no, won't go there, won't go there. <laughs> but at any rate, we're meandering up through the mountains. 
And the road got worse and worse, and, and, and it had been raining, and, and it was terribly filthy. I had to wash the car afterwards. It was a muddy track we ended up on, but eventually we got down to Puhoi and back on the main road. But we picked up some hitchhikers, and we had a wonderful time of sharing with them. It was a lot of fun. I think they want to come to our church now. I really do. And uh, they, they came from up this way, didn't they? And uh, so that was, that was a blast. And as we're going up through the mountains, and there's all this mud, and it's like, I don't know if you've ever been through the Valley of Life. It's a bit, it was a bit like that, except we're on the mountains up in Hill and Downdale. It wasn't that bad, really. It's only a metal road. We've all been on them years ago, eh? <laughs> there's not many around today. But suddenly there was this beautiful rainbow. It was awesome. It was a perfect half rainbow, very bright. We noticed the people in the back seat talking about it, and we looked at it. And whenever I see a rainbow, I am encouraged because God is always true to his word. He put a rainbow in the sky, and he said, I'll never again destroy the earth with a flood, the whole earth with a flood. We know there's floods, but he's never again going to destroy man with a flood off the face of the earth. And God honors his, his word. And it encourages me because I see a rainbow. And I, it makes me think about our God and the great and precious promises that we find in his word that are so precious. And I, ju I just love my heavenly father. And I'm encouraged by that. I love everything he does. And one of the things we read in the word of God is that he honors his word above his name. And for a long time, that was confusing to me. But the wonder, Aaron was speaking about the Word of God this morning. This is God's Word. It's not Paul's Word or Ruth's Word or Aaron's Word. It's God's Word. And I was wondering, why would God honor His Word above His name? You know, it's one thing for us to have a name. But you know what? When we start to speak out, something happens. Something happens. There's movement. There's momentum. And when God speaks, boy, is there momentum. There's creation happens. Galaxies are formed. He is so mighty and so powerful. He just speaks, and he brought, and creation happened. He says, let there be light, and there was light. There was no decision about whether it would happen or not. And so God honors his word above his name, and it's so important to come back when we speak about honor to the word of God and just find out. Where does honor start? Where does it originate from? And it originates and starts in God. Let us make man. Let us make man. You know, I think, I just love the way that our Heavenly Father loves us so much. You know, He's put a lot of thought into man. Not that God needs to think for a long time. It's probably a split second, but that would have been a lot of thought anyway. A day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So how much thought is a lot of thought? I don't know. You know, I thought, thought. We better not think about that for too long. You get confused and you get lost in the message. Right, the second point is, he said, he has made, let us make man in our image. In our image. So we see divine character here. And I just love the, the divine character of our God. He is true and he is righteous. True holiness is found in him alone. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all, the word says. Divine character. Adam was made in the image of God, and he had an understanding of what God required. required. He had a willingness to obey God back there in the beginning, and uh, love towards God and his ways, yet he fell. He fell, and we all know the story well, and he failed. he failed to listen to God. That's why it's so important for us to come back to the Word of God 
when we've seen someone already fall and there's been an example of not listening to God and, and, not, and, and not following God's ways, it's so important that we come back to the Word of God and we honor God's Word and we take time to honor our Heavenly Father enough to, to read His Word daily, to meditate upon it day and night. And there's a promise that goes with that, just like that rainbow reminds us of a promise of God. In Psalm chapter 1, it tells us that those that meditate on it day and night, it will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. And, and we will grow strong and we'll be fruitful, bringing forth its fruit in its season. That's what our lives will be like if we honor the Word of God. So divine character comes uh, from God. He's made us in His image. Adam fell though. And the opposite to honor is dishonor. And this week I was reading in Isaiah and what Isaiah the prophet prophesied about the Lord Jesus Christ who would come and he would solve the problem of man's sin and he would come and step in the gap and he would actually take that sin of the world upon himself. And Isaiah says in uh, Isaiah 50 and verse 6, he says, and he was prophesying of hundreds of years forward when Jesus would come. And it's really the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I gave my back to the smiters. Remember, Jesus was whipped. And my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair, I hid not my faith from shame and spitting. See, in those days, it was back smiters. And they'd whip you. And we've all seen, uh, well, some of us have seen, no doubt, Mel Gibson's film of the Passion. And it's a horrific what the Lord Jesus what was portrayed there that the Lord Jesus went through. And he went through more than we can ever imagine. Man's hatred, man's inhumanity towards man, man's hatred against their God. And uh, we see that Jesus came. God sent his son, the Father, our Father sent his son to be the Savior of the world. Back then, back, back smiters. Today sometimes there's backbiters. And I know there's no backbiters here in the church here. Praise God for that. Thank goodness for that. Thank God for that. Praise God. And Isaiah, also what was spoken about in Isaiah 29 and verse 13, the Lord says, these people shall, they come near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips. I hope we're not one of those people. We do need to honor them with our mouth and lips, yeah. But what I just go on to say, but their heart is far from me. We don't want to be someone who's hypocritical, who only just honors God in front of other people. God knows everything about us. When we're in the closet, when we're out in the open in the community, God knows about us. And so everything is open before the eyes of him we have to do. God doesn't slumber or sleep. He knows all about us. Nothing can be hidden. He, want, he knows our heart. The Bible says man looks on the outward appearance, and you can, you can fool people by the outward appearance. But it says the Lord looks on the heart, and you can't, God won't be fooled. And so God has honored us, and we are to honor God. The image and character of God are composed of true righteousness and holiness, and these have been forever um, created for us and sealed for us in Christ, because the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. And man lost that righteousness and that holiness. Man lost it there at the fall in the Garden of Eden. And man became a selfish creature, not a God-centered creature. He never looked to his creator. And that's why we read things like the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Man chooses not 
to acknowledge our Creator and our God. But God has never left off acknowledging His creation, and He sent His Son. He he gave heaven's best for us. He provided Jesus as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, and His blood was shed. And we're redeemed by His blood. We're brought back from the slave market of sin by the blood of Christ. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sins. I just love the Word of God because it is true. And I glory in the truths of what have been done on my behalf through my Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. What are you honoring? I know many of us were standing in front of the bathroom mirror before we came out here this morning. I was. Put your hand up if you were in the front of the mirror this morning. Come on. Whose image did you see there? I was busy getting some bristly whiskers off my face, and, uh, and I won't go into too much detail, but uh, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't spend too long there, eh? You know, about 20 minutes just looking at myself in the eyes. <laughs> no, not, no, it was not like that at all. I didn't spend a lot of time in front of the mirror. But at any rate, it's our image we see reflected back in there, isn't it? But, you know, God wants you to use His Word as a mirror. The Bible's a mirror. And when we come to it, we see Christ in all the Scriptures. And we see the real reflection of who God wants us to be in there. And when we behold Him, we behold ourselves. God chose us in Christ from before the foundation of the world. Before even sin entered into His creation, He chose you and I in Christ. And He knew sin would come in, and He knew He had the answer because the Bible tells us that Jesus was the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. Our God is so awesome. Our Dad is so awesome. Our Heavenly Father, that He already was willing to uh, pay the price of sin and provide a wonderful uh, salvation for us. So divine character. First, divine consultation, then divine character. Third, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, in our likeness. Divine community, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit living together, one. One, one God. There is one God and one mediator between God and man. The Word says, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us. So there they are. God created man to be like him and live together in community. We've got a hangy on uh, for lunch today. That's a great thing. We invite the community. We do community events. We are social creatures, believe it or not. And even our wives, the, the wahini, they are, they are very social creatures. Women are social creatures. So are men, though. We live together, God's designed us to live together in community, but community and oneness, that's a wonderful thing. Not one lifting himself above the other and putting someone else down and standing on someone else, but each one valuing the other, and that's how the Godhead works. Honor, honor in the Godhead, divine community. You see, I I believe that the way I see things in life and the things I believe and have to offer are only a very, very small part of God's big picture in Northland here, or in our community, or in, in, in Excite, or in Kirikiri. Only a very small part. I'm part of the whole of something that's greater. Do you know that you're part of something that's bigger than yourself? That encourages me. 
that encourages me. I'm part of something that's bigger than myself. If you're part of a family, you're part of something bigger than yourself. If you're part of a church gathering, you're part of something bigger than yourself. If you're in the fire brigade, well, you're part of a the fire brigade, while you're part of something bigger than yourself. Our community, everybody is important in the community. God has made us and given us gifts and talents, and we honor our God by honoring one another. God has given us great honor in that he's made us to dwell and live together in community. See, honoring others and the role they have to play increases the part we practically have in God's kingdom. If you honor a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. You honor a fireman in the name of a fireman, you get a fireman, or a fencer, Dave, or, or someone else, a builder. You know, you get that reward. You know, we, we can learn from one another. We can honor each other's talents. We can grow together in community. And that's a wonderful thing. And that's got what God uh, and how God wants us to live. You know, God has really honored his creation. He planted, not only did he create all the herbs and all the plants and all the trees, I just love to look out there. It's just everything that I see just speaks of God. I see God every day. And I know there's many here with me that would say amen to that. Only just recently, Ruth rang me up and said, have you been outside and had a look at the uh, sunset? And it was awesome. I think you took a photo of it, did you? Awesome. But everything just shows and forth and manifests the glory of our God. But God didn't only stop there. He planted a garden in Eden for man. And he gave us a sense of smell. And then he made flowers so that the wonderful fragrance of this flowers would just waft up our nostrils and we could smell what he's done. And then he gave us a tongue to taste all the different fruits in the garden of what he's done. And then he gave us ears to hear the beautiful sound of the waterfall and the birds singing in the morning praises to God when we wake up just so that we would learn to praise. Even the, all of his creation praises him. And then a sense of touch, you know, when you, and, and blind people would really appreciate this because they could feel all the different surfaces and some are rough and some are smooth and different bark on different trees. And they'd be able to work out, they'd be able to work out and see through their fingers as well. And so God has done all this for mankind. He has heaped honor on us. Where does honor start? It starts with our creator, with our dad. It comes from him. And he has honored us. And even when we failed him, he never failed us. And he sent his son to be our savior. Amen. The fourth thing, let us let them rule over. We see divine control. I'm just using a C there. I like authority better. Control's got a negative connotation as well, but divine authority, God-given authority in the Godhead. Let them rule over. And he told, told us there in Genesis all the things we're going to rule over, the fish of the sea and the animals and the ground and the earth, and take dominion, take dominion over it, or over all the earth. And that's what man was set up to do. So what's happened to us? Well, we're still here. We're learning God's ways. We're, we're coming back to honoring Him. And we are taking dominion. We're going out there with our impacts. And we're changing Northland. We could sit here and complain about the way things are today, or we can make a difference together. And praise God, we're living together in community. We're reaching out to the greater community, and we're making a difference. 450 young people from the, the now generation, the generation that is growing up now, that are soon going to become men and women leading families, involved in families, and bringing another generation up. And here we are reaching out together, and we're impacting them. And we're taking dominion. It's so important that we do. 
It's so important that we do. We, as a church, as, as, as in relationship to our Heavenly Father, are the answer to this world's needs and problems. Believe me, we are. You look around, you look at the news. What other hope is there? What other hope is there, really? So in it all, in, in, in t- taking dominion, we are honoring God, too, who is the su- supreme sovereign of all things. And God has given us all each individually different gifts and talents to be used for the better, uh, for the upbuilding of one another, for the, for the greater good of the whole and for our community. And so when God said to take dominion, in this command of God, we see the dignity of work. See, when you go to work during the week, it's not just a chore. It's not just a chore. We do all things as unto the Lord. And He's given us the ability to get wealth. He's given us the ability to work with our hands and to be a blessing to others, whether it's in our workplace, whether it's volunteering, whether it's in the church, whatever it is. God has blessed us with gifts and with talents. And work is really a creative activity. And each of us has a role assigned by God. Some of the greatest roles are being a mother and bringing up children. I just love that. eh? Our mothers have such a profound influence on us. So do our dads. So do our dads who don't want to leave Aaron out or Dave or Tony or anyone or me. (laughs) Praise God. But especially our mums. We honor our, our, our... our woman. God has blessed us as men. When he said, uh, let us make a help that a suitable helper for, for this man, he's Adam, he made a good one. And I'm pleased he made a very, very good one. Praise God. I've learned to uh, value my wife, Ruth, more and more every day. She is just so wonderful. The abilities and the gifts and the talents that God has given her. Whoa. Whoa, man. Praise God. Woman. <laughs> any rate, 1 Samuel 2 verse 30 says, those, God speaking here, the Lord speaking, those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed or valued. So I think it's important for us when we're going to speak on honor this, this month or the next few weeks, I think it's important that we learn to find out where honor starts. You see, honor carries with it great reward. And God desires that you and I come into great blessing. And honor carries with it a great reward that can enhance your life and my life. As we honor God, as we honor one another and the gifts and talents we're given, as we honor leadership, it all directs back to God. Praise God. Not one of us is above everyone else, anyone else because there's no head here on earth. You know that, don't you? Jesus is the head of the church. Not me and Ruth. Not Aaron. Sorry, Aaron. Praise God. But Jesus is the head of the church. The head is in heaven. We are the body of Christ. Members of the body of Christ. Just like a body has many members, so are we. And so that's how God's made us. And we honor our maker in making us that way. And let's, let's see honor restored to each one of us as sons and daughters of the living God. When God made us, He didn't make us just to sit there on the shelf. He didn't make us just there to get through life, only just, just me and my world. He made me to be a great blessing, to actually prove His faithfulness 
and to receive honor and glory and enter into all that He has for me in Christ. He has honored us. He has given us a high position, a wonderful place in Christ. He has raised us up, the Bible says, and with Christ when He raised Him from the dead and received Him up in glory, He's raised us up and seated us together with Him in heavenly places. And not only that, He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. And we honor God, we honor our dad when we take our rightful place as sons of God and enter into all those blessings that are ours in Him. When we prove all the great and precious promises that God has for us in His Word, and when we believe, that's why we just sing it, I believe, I believe. And you might think, okay, how many times are they going to sing, I believe, I believe? This sounds like repetition to me. But no, no, no. Every moment of every day, every second, how many seconds in a minute? And every hour, how many hours in a day or a week or a year, you know? And, and, and every day and every month, I believe, I believe. We honor our Father. We draw our strength, our resources from Him. And we enter into all that He has made us to be. And we'll see, and we're seeing a community transformed for the glory of God. Day by day, step by step. Maybe there's someone here today, just in closing, who hasn't yet received Jesus as Lord of their lives. They've never honored. Maybe you've never honored God our Heavenly Father, enough to receive the gift of His Son. Just like I quoted before, the Father sent His Son, Jesus said that, to be the Savior of the world. And you might be a bit lost, a bit like our trip down to Auckland, meandering through the mountains and on the dirty road, and, and life gets a bit dirty sometimes. And yet God has given His Son, and He wants you to receive Him as Lord of your life. And with Him, He gives you salvation and He gives you status. And He gives you a place of safety and refuge and shelter in His Son. And it's a simple thing to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Most here today have received Jesus. But maybe there's someone here today who hasn't yet. And so I just appeal to you that you think about making Jesus Lord of your life. That you don't delay, but you receive Him as your Savior. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, has cleansed us from all sin. Your sins, no matter how big they are, how bad they are, they've all been paid for by the precious blood of Christ. Even the thief that was nailed on the cross next to the Lord Jesus Christ, he couldn't do anything for his salvation. He just said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. You can today, like Him, receive a free gift of salvation. He is our righteousness. He is our life. We can't earn it. We know that. If one thing we've learned out of life away from God is that we made a mess of it. It was muddy. There were many valleys. It was a struggle. But I want to tell you, when you receive Jesus, He'll be with you all the way. He will strengthen you. He'll be your rock and your fortress and your refuge. So I encourage you, just ask Jesus to come into your life. Just let's bow our heads and we'll just pray a prayer. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up, but if you're here today, you've never received Jesus as Lord of your life, today you can just pray this simple prayer with me. Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I hand over my self-life to you and invite you to come into my heart. Be my life from now on. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Corrie Ten Boom, I think she got saved when she was five years old. It's a 
quite a well-known story. And she just said, I asked Jesus, when I was young, I asked Jesus to come into my heart. That's all he said, Jesus come into my heart. And he says, he came. That's all she said. One in the Bible said, Lord, save me. That was Peter when he was sinking. And Jesus put out his hand and saved him. A woman once cried out to God in the need and said, Lord, help me. And he helped her. And the thief on the cross said, Lord, remember me. Three simple words. It's not complicated. Ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. Hand your life over to him and he will lead you to lo- through life. Honor God our Father and honor him by entering into all that he has given you in Christ. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to stand and sing together and celebrate again.